0: Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors.
1: Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man Andy Gillard here. And a Merry Christmas to every
0: one of you out there. Ho, ho, holy shit, Christmas is here. How are we, guys? Matt Guy,
2: ready to rock? It's a different way of saying you know. name. You're saying at the end, hello, Stu Hall. <laughs> 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 Merry Christmas, everyone. It's brilliant, E.
1: It would be brilliant, but we have had to watch last Christmas.
2: We, we haven't had to watch it. You suggested this out of all the Christmas films we I could know. possibly do. Your, your secret love of this has kind of, it's bubbled to the top.
1: I I remembered it being a bit more fun than it was. Not particularly good, but a bit more fun. But anyway, that's a discussion we'll come to a little bit later in the podcast. Gentlemen, we're, we're nearly at Christmas. Have we got all of our shopping done? Matt, is there anything left you've got to get?
0: Mm-mm. Sam gave me the invoice, which covers everybody else, that has been paid and receipted, if that's a word. And today, I descended upon the hell that is into Mary Hill Shopping Centre and did all of the shopping in one day.
1: It's the best thing to do, just get done. all the pain
0: done in one go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, um, it was bad, to be fair, but with the coronavirus stuff that's going on, I think it wasn't as busy as it, as it could have been. And mm-hmm. um, so I kind of just breezed through in and out like Solid Snake. <laughs> the SAS of shopping, it was. <laughs>
2: So good work. You've got work. An invoice.
0: Well, you know, she, she tells me like, how much she tells me how much a, I owe,
2: basically. It sounds like an Andy spreadsheet of Christmas.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, you know, I want to make sure I'm not being fleeced, so I did ask for let's have a rundown of what 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 I am paying for here, please. How much on my mum? You must be mad, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's that's that seems quite sensible actually. Quite. A... <laughs> I should have done that in October. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stu, you got any rapping left to do?
2: Oh, there's always rapping to do. I I, I don't do rapping until like well, the day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve itself. If I can um help it, I mean it's it's part of the fun. After we discussed last time about well a few weeks ago, after me uh, my disastrous Christmas when I got so pissed that I, I lost half the day. Ever since then, I haven't gone out on Christmas Eve, so on the night time anyway, and it's been devoted to wrapping the last few things and then watching the last film of the year. And there's a few things sitting over there in the corner that's that's got to be done, but obviously not all of it because you don't want to be sitting there all night on Christmas Eve wrapping presents like a madman. But I always leave a few just, just for the uh, festivities. So you're sitting under the tree with a tree smell and everything, It's it's all proper then.
1: I love how you're one to quite easily persuade to go out for a drink. But when it comes to Christmas Eve, you're like, no, I've got to be in bed
0: early because Santa Claus <laughs> is coming tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> the of it all. I mean, when, Incredible.
2: When you've got to be at home for an old man to unload his sack into you, then that's what you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, oh. Mm. Well, to be fair, I have, I have well, gone out in the afternoon the last few times. I've gone out for a few afternoon bevies. Um, but yeah, it's a clear head on christmas day and then start on start on the cans at 10. it's a nice routine to have
0: in in the absence of no christmas dues at work i'm 100% getting KO'd on christmas eve eve so i'm at work on christmas day um, so i won't be i won't be getting um, bladded on christmas eve but on the 23rd we're cracking open the uh, we're cracking open all the bottles that we've accumulated over the year <laughs> and and then uh, <laughs> And then having a cheese board as well, because that's how fucking rock and roll we are.
2: You're not doing the uh, the gym, market in the garden now.
0: No, we're going to do that. I think we're going to do that at the start of the week. You've got to pace these things out. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to be ill. I don't want to be ill on Christmas Day. Free to carb consumption.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as Christmas.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've put it off long enough. We need to discuss last Christmas. So last Christmas begins in 1999 in a church in Yugoslavia. A young girl is leading a choir singing "Heal the Pain" by George Michael. I didn't think Yugoslavia even existed in 1999. I thought that had gone by the wayside by then. Yeah, I
2: thought. Was it 1990? Yeah. I thought we missed. Maybe, the... maybe it was. Maybe research, I wasn't paying attention. This research again already. I don't know, brother. Because you you. You always used to say that thing, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. I have not even say it when you think about it. And all that, all that kind yeah. of thing. So, in Eurovision. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? Who cares? It was. Um, it, it's not a, an integral part of the story, what year it is, really.
1: <laughs> the year isn't, but the setting sort of is. But we'll come to that. Her family are looking on. We see Emma Thompson. She cannot help but have a smile on her face. She's a national treasure, Emma Thompson. I fucking love her. She looks delighted at seeing her daughter singing in this choir. The young girl sat next to her, who is presumably her other daughter, looks like a bit of a shitbag. She doesn't look quite as interested in being at the uh, the church that day. So my first question to you two, whenever I see Emma Thompson in a film, I immediately think this is actually going to be OK because she's in it. Do either of you two have an actor or actress who their name on a script makes you think, okay, I'll at least give it a chance? Is there anyone who mm. has that ability? That's a good
2: question. Very good Ant- question. Anthony Hopkins used to be, to the, uh, last, the last Transformers film. Um, but to be fair, he was good in that, as I said before. But he used to be Anthony Hopkins all the time. I suppose mm. Tom Hanks, because he's never bad, is he? He's just always Tom Hanks.
0: Mm. I mean, you'd argue the same with De Niro up until about five, six, seven years ago when, you know, I think he hit gold with the, with the fuckers films because they had, they, he had no right to be as good in them as he was, but then he got into some really dredge neat, like almost into like Nick Cage needing money territory, like, like films like <laughs> the, like the intern and like leaving Las Vegas and stuff like that. And um, was it Las Vegas, or whatever it's called? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like De Niro used to was. be used to be that for me for all for, for obvious reasons, um, but there are actors that give like a legitimacy, isn't there, to any kind of film that gives it a, just a bit of a bump, just mm. by their name being on the marquee, I suppose. Um, I guess yeah. maybe like mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Maybe, but what was that film that he was in with? Uh, is it Due Date? I Quite enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. With Zach Zach Galifianakis. That's the
0: one. Um, Again, would I probably have seen that if it didn't have Robert Downey Jr. in it? Probably not. So, yeah, there's definitely actors out there that do that. Mm. Like Pacino was another
1: one, probably up until um, The Devil's Advocate. Mm -hmm. That was sort of like the beginning of the end of good Pacino for me.
0: When was Donnie Bresco?
1: 94. That's going back. That's going to be what two thousand and two, I think.
2: Because he
1: just turned into a, a parody of himself I'm at sh- that point. I thought is
0: Pacino in the uh, in this Last Vegas as well? No, I don't think he's the... Um, he might be. Um, I know exactly what you mean though.
1: Ninety seven it... was Danny. Yeah, I thought. I
2: said ninety four. I was doubting myself then. I thought it was. It was when I was in um, secondary school. Because it, it was it, it was one of them where we we sneakily got hold of a video a year later.
0: <laughs> I think uh, like Pacino's legacy has been very much helped by um, The Irishman, in his performance in The yeah. Irishman, which was just absolutely stellar.
1: Mm. You can't go wrong once once um, Scorsese gets his hands on a a credible actor like mm. that. He knows how to get the best out of these guys. Mm. I feel like I'm trying to put off talking about last Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It cuts to Christmas Day 2017, and here she is. Daenerys of the House Targaryen, the first of her name, the Unburnt, Queen of the Andals, the Royna and the First Men, Queen of Marine, Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, Protector of the Realm, Lady Regent of the Seven Kingdoms, Breaker of Chains and Mother of Dragons. Been practising that all week <laughs>
2: Very well done <laughs> With really bad roots
1: <laughs> Terrible roots She's hammered Getting hit on in a pub And decides to overshare with a complete stranger About how she hates her family At Christmas <laughs> She then hooks up with this stranger And wakes up Now I thought that this was Christmas Day It said So my notes were that she wakes up in the stranger's bed On Boxing Day And his girlfriend comes home from a seminar. So I thought, well, what seminar has she been to on Christmas Day? Like I think it's really badly signposted this film. It doesn't it doesn't spell out where it is actually going very cleverly at the beginning. It's a bit all over the shop.
0: Mm, I, well very much from the start I was thinking to myself, Well, because of the start of the film I thought this is a pissing musical isn't it this what what (laughs) merry path have i been led down here and then i thought at first after the whole after that first scene i thought oh this could be decent this this might be actually all right this isn't this doesn't feel like the normal sickeningly heartwarming christmas film that i'm used to because i was thinking this is going to be like a love actually kind of thing Mm. um i must admit the first scene of the film i thought to myself oh this might actually be something a little different
2: yeah. Jay, what were your initial thoughts? I looked at her, you you and smiled there last year. <laughs> Straight <laughs> away. I was I was all in. And then as, mm-hmm. as soon as the swearing started, I thought, oh, here we go. Bit of it's gone in a different different again, different path than I expected it to be. So you look at the trailers and we, we being honest, we went to listen to Wham Demi really and look at her. That was yeah. that was the, yeah. the real reason behind it all. <laughs> 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 and then When it actually got going, I thought, oh, actually, this is a bit, like Matt said, it is a bit different. So I was was pleasantly surprised to start with.
1: Mm. After being kicked out of this stranger's house by his girlfriend, Daenerys then walks to work. She works in a year-round Christmas shop in the middle of Covent Garden. She's greeted by Santa, her boss, who questions why she's early to work, because she's never early. When Daenerys turned up for work, she had to open up the shop. If she's never early for work, why has she got keys to open up the shop knowing that full well she won't be there? Bad storytelling.
2: Or it's <laughs> we've Bad got management. Pe- Yeah, we like I say we've got people like that who everyone's got a set of keys. Whoever whoever gets there first, and obviously not naming names, but there's 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 say there's three or four people on in the morning who can all open the pub up. There's some mm. people who don't bother to turn up on time. So this is, this is not out of the ordinary for me at all.
1: Okay, right. <laughs> so we're seven minutes into the film then. You've both said that you think that it's quite a strong start. And personally, I'd say I pretty much agree with you. I think the, the gag about her having a shower and the stranger's girlfriend rocking up, I, I thought that was quite a good start. And then it sort of drifts a little bit here when we've got the character of, of Santa, who is her boss, sort of playing on an almost um, East Asian stereotype. I don't know why it just felt a little bit, a little bit out of place for me because it didn't seem like it was going to be that type of film. Because the mm. in the
2: accents, because she doesn't actually speak like that. Yeah. Yeah. That... Yeah. I, just, I
1: couldn't square that circle. It was a bit weird. There's no think, uh,
2: there's no real payoff for it. Is there there's no reason she can just speak in a normal voice?
0: I think mm. I think it's the whole east meets west arc that she has with the strange Is he Scandinavian or German guy it's German. a little later on. Mm. Um I think it's just I think it's just to kind of highlight that really. I don't think it really added anything. Um or just that we can get away with somebody called Santa that isn't San. <laughs> She'd have to been called Sandra or something like that. Otherwise, Maybe I don't
2: know. Oh, that would have been amazing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'd love to go to that shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you don't work in a shop like that. To be honest, with you. <laughs> there was
2: a, there is one in um, in Heronsburg, just outside Glasgow. That's an all, that's a, an all year round uh, Christmas shop. I mean, of all the weird places to be, it's. Mm. I mean, we we were there in October, and it was there was stuff in there. I thought, oh, this is this is heavenly.
0: <laughs> See, I'm like that, but I think it's I think it's it might be an air. It might be in Birmingham is like the mecca of charity shops. It's considered like there's a there's a high street of just charity shops, and that like that's like my idea of heaven.
2: There's more <laughs> mm. more
0: monopolies and more autobiographies on wrestlers that you can shake a shitty stick at in these in (laughs) these shows they're all like 50p each (laughs) love it brilliant
1: during her shift Daenerys's sister turns up and drags her out of the shop to discuss something at the time Daenerys was with a customer and her her assistant basically says ignore this bitch and come with me I need a word (laughs) Like, for Crown out loud, we're in England. This shit would not fly. Mm-hmm. That customer would lose their rag, and rightfully so. Daenerys' sister comes along to tell her to call her mother. Apparently, Daenerys has missed five doctor's appointments, and the mom is worried. That's all the information we're given at this point. The reveal is still to come.
0: Well, I thought, I thought that Sam had seen this before, mm. and I said... To her at the time. Are you sure you haven't seen this? And, and and she dies, and she's dying, and she. But then I'm thinking of another film. I'm sure she's in, where she's the assistant to someone that's dying or something like that, and they end up falling in love. Another like Christmassy film, like not like the okay.
1: Um, Amelia
0: Clark. Yeah, or just... I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, but then it was at this point that I had my preconceptions on the film already. I was, I, I knew, I knew straight away that. The, the the most excitement i'll get out of this film is by guessing the plot so i assumed she was dying at this <laughs> p- i assumed she was dying at this point and that was going to be the crux of it because it's last christmas oh it's my last christmas oh. um that's what i thought it was going to be uh
1: the film you might be thinking of me before you where she falls in love with a, a paraplegic yes um yes i, I think he's she works for him.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the one. I thought so. And I think he
1: dies at the end, if I remember correctly. Yeah, oh. suck at sports.
2: I, I was going to add it that, that. Not doing that now.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've heard it. Shit. So I think it's it that. What you will?
0: I think it's one of those. Stu, like you know, like the payoff isn't in the fact that you know he dies. I think it's it's, it's all about the journey, not the the destination. One of those. Oh, that
1: sounds sickening, doesn't
0: <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because on this part. Actually, no, Andy, I'll let you I'll let you say what you're going to say next. the next bit of the story, and I'll make my point because it was more relevant.
1: Okay, so my next point is, while she's cleaning the shop, Daenerys spies a man looking up. She steps outside to talk to him, and she gets shat on. The camera goes back into the shop, and the reverse camera shot shows that the man is no longer there. Bad continuity, <laughs> or is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was at this point on my notes when I put... Can it be? Can this film still be funny when the love story kicks in? Because, I, it, you know, we've seen it how many times when some something shows such promise, but then when it gets to the crux of what it wants to get across, it, it loses any any charm that it has. And I thought to myself, it's it's once once they get all lovey dovey, it's going to lose. It's like it's going to
2: lose. It's it's fun. This film, yeah, because the comedy's in the the fact that she's a single and can't do anything right. Mhm
1: mhm yeah absolutely did you notice what the guy was wearing he was wearing the blazer with a hoodie underneath i don't know why but i immediately thought of cage in city of angels
0: <laughs> oh okay interesting
1: yeah it evoked that it was almost angelic looking but like a earth person's interpretation of it sort of thing Maybe it's because I know where it's going that I already, I'd made that link, but that was my first thought.
2: I just thought he was a yuppie, <laughs> knowing, <laughs> knowing that part of London, I thought, well, why wouldn't you be dressed like that, to be fair? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And I've been in that park uh, as well.
1: Yeah, I, I love Covent Garden, i spend spent many you know, over there every time I get to London, it's just the best place.
0: That I've, well, I've never been to Comic Garden. That exists, does it? That is a real place, a real, that sort of,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's full of, like, um, drama students. Oh, and...
0: Christ <laughs> me. Yeah, so you'll
1: go there and you'll see people, you'll see several different buskers doing stuff. You'll mm. see um, people putting on mini plays or clones in the street. Or... <laughs> it's it's you very much now. for the arts. Sounds like, like profit. Proper...
0: hell on earth.
1: It's my code of place. So you know ch- what
0: though that that sounds very much like uh, the Chelsea High Line in New York than if when mm. you've been before andy you've um you've been on the Chelsea High Line, I know you were due to go, weren't you before all this um
1: still am fingers crossed yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very much the
0: same. it's like a stretch of abandoned railway line that is they've now turned into like a really long like garden, i guess oh um, yes
1: yes I've seen the pictures, yeah,
0: yeah, it's really nice, and it's in like. It's not like, Chelsea isn't, I'd say a gay district, but it's it's LGBTQ plus friendly, very mm. much so. So there's a lot of like art and colour and everything that's going on and, you know, stuff like that anyway. Um, no, got, it must be amazing to, to have that in London then, prime real estate that is, you know, for knocking down and making some flats out of a record.
1: <laughs> Tenere's thing goes to an audition and fails miserably. Uh, she quite literally then bumps back into the man she met before His name is Tom He persuades Daenerys to go for a walk But not before she gets changed Tom offers to use his big coat to cover up in an alleyway But passing workmen see her and Wolf Whistle It's like they saw right through Tom And saw the pretty half-naked lady
2: Wink, wink
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't think you'd m- mention your, your old pal Peter Serafinovich then as well, his little cabbie
1: I, I Yeah, I really don't get Peter Serafinovich as a comedian. I don't know if it's because I, I'd i seen him in Spaced, obviously, and he was fine in that as a small role. But then I remember he had that TV series on BBC Two. He had his own comedy show, and it was shit. I, I didn't laugh once at any of it. It was awful.
2: But you, you've seen oh. Luck around you, though, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, that was, Forgot he was in that. That was all yeah. him, pretty much. And, uh, What's his... Early part of his career.
0: What's his character name in space? I can see it in my head now. Um, uh, Dwayne, isn't it? Dwayne. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, God, he's, he's quite, and he's in, um, he's in Shaun of the Dead, isn't he, as well as the, uh, as like the angsty housemate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's good in Black Books. Mm-hmm. Again, just has a small role in the one episode. Yeah, it's quite a good little cameo in that. Have
0: you ever seen his appearance on um, 8 Out of 10 Cats? <laughs> no, I don't think Oh, you need to see it. I, 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 I won't ruin it for you splice a clip in, in the edit because it's hilarious
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: right. hilarious jimmy says something to him he goes something like um so what do you like to uh do in your spare time and then his response is absolute fucking gold
1: <laughs> right
0: okay i'll
1: make a note of that eight out of ten
2: a poll recently voted peter Serafinovich britain's funniest comedian and that poll was his nan mrs Serafinovich. <laughs> uh, peter are you a fan of word games well, to be honest, Jimmy, I don't think that's any of your business. <laughs> well, apologies, Peter. <laughs> Sorry if I crossed the line there,
1: right <laughs> I think he's okay when he's not the main focus. So the few things I've seen where he's front and centre... I just don't find him a particularly interesting or funny person, but when he's very much on the periphery of the story, he does seem to knock it out of the park. Uh, for me, I just don't think he's a, a leading man personally, well, he and he is. isn't in this. To be fair to him, is he?
2: No, he, he knows his place. he, knows he, he pops up, in, he probably pops up in more things than you expect. And but like you said, he is always mm. he, he's always good in them little roles. So at least he knows what he is.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. To be fair to him. Tom then takes Daenerys to his secret garden, where there are people watching. Single, sad, lonely people, sat on their own, yet he knows all of their inner secrets.
0: (laughs) Sounds like the fans are cage fighting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At the end of their date, they arrange to meet again. But they don't really. They just say, we'll do this again. She tries to get his number, But he cannot give it to her because he doesn't have access to his phone. Daenerys then goes to stay with her friend and her friend's partner. (laughs) She goes out on the piss and brings a stranger back into somebody else's house.
0: Mm, Bad form that is.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Look, I totally get that we're supposed to think that Daenerys is just a hot mess. But it's not that she's just... A bit of adult it's that she's actually a bit of a bitch mm. she seems massively self-centered like really self-absorbed that she doesn't care that her friend is about to drop a baby like she's heavily pregnant and the dude clearly doesn't want her to be there and she's just oblivious because she's in her, her own world it doesn't make her a very nice or relatable person Protagonist in a film, well, uh, I find it hard to like buy into her.
2: It was uh, the bit where she burns his galleon down. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> is this the most hated um leading lady in a film ever at this point? <laughs> she is quite unlikable, though, and she is a character. There's
0: a very fine line between somebody being a fuck up, but then somebody actually being um unlikable. Yeah. I know this sounds really strange and like. Uh, You wouldn't think I'd ever give like proper acting chops to this, but Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean portrays this perfectly in that he's an absolute mess, but he's never unlikable, as you know what I mean. Whereas she very much is very, very unlikable, and I don't know if that was ever the intention in this film.
1: No, I I wasn't going to go like for Rowan Atkinson, (laughs) I was thinking um, Simon Pegg as Sean. Mm. Sean is an idiot. For, for want of a better word, he just needs to sort his shit out and he'll be great. Whereas Daenerys in this, she isn't an idiot. She obviously knows what she's doing. She's just a twat. <laughs> and I, I think that's the difference. You, you can like someone who's silly, but you don't like someone who's stupid. And it's, it's that fine line between the two.
0: What's that song? If you're going to be dumb, you've got to be tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> When she gets to the shop the day after, she realises that she failed to lock up the night before and the shop had been broken into. Well, I say broken into, they just opened the door because she didn't lock it. We get a really painful scene where the two police officers are trying to get a statement. I can't figure out if this was supposed to be comedic or not, because it wasn't funny. It was really forced. Like... Their delivery wasn't even with a roy sense of comedy to it. It just felt it just felt dead. Like there was just nothing to it, one way or the other. it was awful. These mm.
2: two these two characters are the worst part of the film. Every time they're on, on screen, it just doesn't mm. work. They're just it's like they've been thrown in for like for mates raids right, kind of thing, just to, oh yeah, you can be in my film. <laughs> so I don't know who they are, anyway. And I've seen them in a load of different things, but they're just not funny. And I think that wasn't mm. the intention with it. It just doesn't work. Because the, the most r- yeah the rest of it is relatively believable. But then you, you see them two idiots and you think, well, you wouldn't be cops, would you? Because one, you wouldn't be allowed out together anyway, because you ain't going to put two women on the street of London <laughs> together in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you wouldn't be acting. I mean, it's fine being, I mean, comedy coppers or whatever, but you, you always have one who's relatively normal. It just didn't work. It was just completely out of place. This is the only thing in the whole film that pissed me off this time. I mean, first time mm. I did not notice it too much, but this time watching it back and thinking, yeah, let's watch it properly. This really annoyed me. <laughs> it
0: very, yeah. it very much felt like an American's take on a British sense of yeah, theory. yeah, 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 yeah. And absolutely. like, it, I'm surprised, you know, it wasn't, it didn't start getting all cannon and balls, snooker, <laughs> loop and peanut, and all that kind. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, 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 it felt very forced, didn't it? Like, yeah, de- like a did. camp, a camp David Brenty kind of performance that was just really awkward and like, oh no, he wasn't, he wasn't mm. good, it wasn't good at all,
1: and, and not awkward, not supposed to be awkward. No, no, and no. The, and the comedy doesn't arrive from the awkwardness. The comedy just doesn't arrive
0: at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Like I, I realised at this point, I hadn't laughed at anything since that very first scene in the shower with the the girlfriend. Like it feels like it was a long stretch of just. Nothing. Just bumbling along. But then I did laugh once we finally get to see Emma Thompson once again, <laughs> because Daenerys has to go to her home because her friend kicks her out. When Daenerys is trying to sleep and Emma Thompson starts singing to her in yeah, Russian. I laughed at like, that. I completely at that. apropos of nothing. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was very amusing. Uh, she then drags Daenerys to the Doctor's. Finally. So she's gone for the sixth appointment rather than the previous five Daenerys is in denial about whatever it is we it still hasn't been revealed really which I think because we're in the doctors now they need to give us a little bit more mm-hmm. other than just telling us again that she was ill because you're not giving us any new information at this point yeah agreed. whilst whilst wallowing in her pity magically Tom appears again as if from nowhere He only ever seems to be around when there's nobody else in the vicinity. They go on another mystical walk date. It feels like a lot has gone on in the film, but not much story has actually happened. We Mm. get lots of little bits and they go here, there and everywhere, but there's no actual hard and fast detail of what is going on in the film. Everything that's gone on so far has taken up like 40 minutes could be summed up in a, two sentences. Mm. She meets a man, they go for a walk. That's pretty much the only <laughs> thing that's actually happened in this film.
2: But I was still intrigued, though. I know this is me being quite stupid, but I was. St- it still it had me at wanting to know what was going on. I was never bored.
0: Okay. Um, I'd, I'd agree, but my frustration levels were getting raised here as I slowly realised that this isn't a Christmas film. Mm. <laughs> um, and I thought, I've been done over here. I could, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that would be the overriding theme, which took away from enjoyment, you might say, of this film. I know you'll get onto it like later on, but it, it, it spanned off in a couple of different directions. You had like turmoil in the family you had the love story you had the secondary character story with santa and the german guy but we were never given enough of it it was like we were at some kind of like michelin star restaurant where you have 20 courses and they only give you like (laughs) a tiny Mm. spoon's worth of each thing (laughs) um i just never felt like we got the like any payoff as much as we wanted for any area
1: yeah i've got that in like the, the next part of my notes is that There seems to be lots of little threads where there's no payoff that you actually care about. So, for example, the next part we talk about, we find out that her sister is gay um, when Daenerys outs her to the mother. And then she apologises, and that's it. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. but make a bit of a story out of it. Don't just Mm -hmm. out her,
0: apologise,
1: it's okay. That's not a story. There's no arc there. It's just a straight line.
0: And there's potential because you know they come from like I don't know if it's Baltic or whatever. You know that kind of part of the world where they're you know, rightly or wrongly, we don't we don't see them as quite as progressive as us in terms of like sexuality or, or even race and things like that. Um, the, the stuff they could have done with it, you know, that she makes a joke at this point in the film, or maybe earlier than uh, Emma Thompson does about blaming everything on the poles. So it's like yeah. you know, they they, there's an awareness of socio political things that are going on. So why not why not touch on it? Why not give this a bit of substance? And they don't. It's disappointing. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: There's think, no
0: deep dive into anything.
2: And making a girlfriend black as well, just doubling down on what you just said about that mm. that part of the world. And you think, oh, this is really clever. As soon as she, well, that's later on. Uh, as soon as she opens the door, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah.
1: Just. They don't explore anything. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because should we just look at people as human beings and mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter? But in that case, don't make a film about it. Give us an exploration about what you think and what you want us to think. If, and they just
2: didn't do that. If they'd have gone into all of the side threads, like the the homeless stuff and her sister and um, her friends and all that kind of thing, it could have been an extra half an hour. And you probably would have hated that, but we would have got we would have got more. Wham. Instead
1: us, well, yeah, that'd have been great. But that extra half an hour they could have actually done something worthwhile with. Mm. What they gave us was all fart and no shit. <laughs> like there's no substance to it. But anyway, we digress. During the family meal, there is a big argument. We get to see the coldness between the parents, how the mother dotes over Daenerys and the resentment the sister has towards her for this illness that she had a year prior. This is when Daenerys outs her sister. Following a big fight, Daenerys bumps into Tom once again. He takes her back to his place. She tells him that she had a heart transplant and that now she feels half dead. As whatever they put inside her isn't right. And that the only thing which makes her life feel whole is Tom. Almost like he completes her. <coughs> Daenerys starts volunteering at Tom's soup kitchen for the homeless. The more time she spends there, the less time she actually sees him. One day she decides to eat lunch in Tom's secret garden. And there he is, sat on his bench. They finally kiss only for her to realise that he's never around when she wants him and that wants more that she wants more for her life. She arranges a talent show at the soup kitchen for the homeless to raise money and begins to apologise for the mistakes of her past. I suppose this is where they try to give that arc. So they've, they've shown her as a dipshit and now they're <coughs> trying to make her out to be a good person. But I don't feel like we get the... Uplift in the middle. We don't get the actual learning experience. Mm. All she does is she starts to hang around with homeless people at this shelter. I, Which, thought, I mean,
0: great, but I thought they were going to go more with her downward turn of look to the point where I wrote in my notes: Does she go on the game? Because <laughs> <like, laughs> I, th- I thought that's what I didn't think they'd ever like make her actually prostitute herself. But I thought that like that's what there'll be a fleeting thought, and she has like a a scary moment with a potential client, if you want to call them that. And then that will mm. set her on the straight and narrow. Um, and it, and it, obviously that doesn't happen. But again, it's, it's, it's tapping into like the small drip fed elements that we get where they could be doing more with it to make us like, cause you know, at this point we went to be sympathetic of her. Now it's turning her life around the ghost the ghosts of her Christmas past are, are being exonerated, so to speak. Um, so we should, mm. we should be caring about it. But it's again, it feels really half-arsed. It, mm.
2: it almost feels like it's, it should just be set to like a 80s Rocky montage kind of music. Mm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> where she turns herself yeah. around because it, it, it lasts about 10 minutes of the whole film. <laughs> where mm-hmm. she goes from being a bitch to singing outside with, um, with just a little cup. To then organising the whole talent show and stuff like that. It's all very like... Like really, really like you said, yeah. really, really fast. And considering it, it took what twenty forty minutes to get to that point, I'd have preferred it if it was the other way around and we'd had twenty-five minutes of her turning her life around and getting to see all this stuff. Because you had the kind of the bit with the homeless with the um the biscuits and stuff. I thought that was that was mm. pretty funny.
1: Mm.
2: But then you don't see any of them characters again. I mean you say, who's Tom and they'll raise their arm arms in the air and stuff like that, but you don't see them again. Until the talent show later. Again, it seems a bit of a wasted opportunity, I suppose.
1: Yeah, massively so, I think. I completely agree with you. So after this section, and it's funny you mention the ghosts of Christmas past, she goes to Tom's apartment to see him. She finds an estate agent there trying to sell the apartment. Apparently the apartment has been empty for a year or so, after the previous occupant passed away last Christmas. This is when it all comes flooding back, the heart transplant. It was Tom's heart. That's what—that's why she felt complete when he was there, because he is literally the reason she is still alive. She returns to the secret garden, sits at the bench. On that bench there is a plaque dedicated to Tom Webster. Two weeks later, the night of the show at the soup kitchen, she sings Last Christmas. The end. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's literally everything. Mm, I know. It's all the beats of it. There's... and I think it comes back again to your point, Matt, where you said this isn't a Christmas film.
0: No, no, it's not. Two... Number one, I know there's a salary uplift in London, but what courier job gets you a flat that size in London? I want to know first of all. <laughs> Secondly, um, one thing I will praise on actually, I thought the scene where they showed all the moments of the film, uh, her on her own was actually quite well done. I thought that was done quite, I, enjoyed, I thought that was, that was decent. Like, yeah. Um, but you're right. It's not, a, it's not a Christmas film. And I felt duped because of it. Um, and I felt bad because I was like, right, Sam, it's time. I'm finally going to watch a Christmas <laughs> film with you. Cause I've been putting it off and I said, right, I'm going, I'm going balls in this year on Christmas. Because we can't, you know, you haven't had the Christmas that you like, and it, re- it really means a lot to her. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to watch films with her. We're going to do the, we're going to do the whole thing, and I'm, most importantly, I'm not going to moan. Um, so I thought, right, fucking tip top husband points here. Let's go watch a Christmas film. And I still haven't. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> it felt like they had a script, and it's been knocking around for a few years, and they just needed some hook to get it into cinema screens. And I thought, oh, fuck it, we can make it a Christmas and we'll use George Michael's Last Christmas as the way to get it in there. That seems to be how they've got it pushed through because there is nothing intrinsically Christmas about this movie. You could set it in any country in the world at any time of year and still make virtually the same
0: movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And this is, this is the whole argument about that we had on, on the Christmas question cast about what, you know, define a Christmas film, why. Why is people argue to the hilt that this is a Christmas film but Die hard isn't? Do you know what I mean? And mm. it's very frustrating because take, take that element out, take the expectation out that this is a Christmas film. This is instantly a better film for me because okay. there's certain elements of it I really enjoyed, but on the basis that it was meant to be a Christmas film, you gear your expectations up differently for a Christmas film, don't you? You like you you want yeah. that wholesome you know, did you? everything's alright in the end feel about it. And this was
2: this was closer to sixth Sense than it was a Christmas film. <laughs> it it is it was a film at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Not a yeah. Christmas film.
1: That, that's exactly right, show it is.
2: But the fact that it was at Christmas meant I absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it could have been, you could have set it around Valentine's Day and made it exactly the same. And it would have made the same amount of sense.
1: Because
2: mm. you'd yeah. you're still, still be cold, especially here um, in February. So you'd have still had the same thing about the homeless outside and all that stuff and the ice. And it still worked being cold and depressing London. But you wouldn't have had the lights and stuff. But you could have set it, like you said, you could have set it then. But mm. I think the whole George Michael thing just makes it much better. And more oh, fun. Oh, yeah! Oh, 100%. It yeah, If yeah. you put, if you put it to I don't know the works of Mark Owen, would, he <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't innocent child. He wouldn't be the same, would he? So, oh my! Is, is, is he in the room? if we got him on? <laughs> 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 I wonder what hair Mark Owen's got now. If he's if he's still long, let's check. Because what was the, What was the other? He had another great Sunday, Mark Owen. It was... um,
1: Three Minute Warning.
2: That was the only one one I remember. Three Minute Warning.
0: (laughs) Wasn't that a tag team in WCW?
1: Uh, It was Rosie and Jamal in WWE. It was uh, Bischoff's team.
0: Oh, that was it. They had signs in the crowd going, no one likes a three-minute man. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
1: one of the things I, I really didn't like about this film, and I don't know if it was just me, but I... I almost knew immediately that he wasn't really there. Tom wasn't actually there. Yeah. So the whole film, for me, I saw it through this lens of this isn't going to be a twist when they reveal he's dead because it's quite obvious he's dead. So uh, when it got to the point yeah. of the reveal, I'm like, but we knew this, didn't we? But obviously we didn't.
0: It was just me. It,
2: it literally well, was just you in that screening. i got...
0: I got it. Yeah. I got it in the end. I now I feel a bit silly because I thought I should have got it later. But I said to Sam during, I was like, we we were, we both under the impression here that he's 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 not real, aren't we? She was like, oh well, yeah, we meant to know that. And I was like, oh, what's, like when did you know? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. I, it's certainly not a big twist. It's not, you know. I think by this point, by the time it's revealed, it's not a reveal. It's. Uh, <laughs> just clarification maybe yeah, yeah.
1: i, I had... suppose the, the the twist is that it's his heart in her mm-hmm. i suppose that's the only twist cuz it was i felt it was quite obvious anyway
2: i had absolutely <laughs> no idea did i <laughs> and really? so it was when the um when she was in there with the um the guy wearing his coat and the estate agent and yeah i thought oh he's done a runner that was <laughs> what came through my head. That He's done a runner on her. Like she, said, she asks him if he's gay and stuff, and he says no. But then I thought, oh, he must be married or something like that, or he's seen a, a mom or something ridiculous like that. It never even crossed my mind that this was a ghost film <laughs> at all. Too, you're too innocent, Stu. I know, really but nice. that was the thing, because because going into it as a Christmas film, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't fit it, the narrative it, of a Christmas it, film. Does it, it never even no. crossed my mind that there'd be a twist at all. So no. I just sat there, all la, la, just fully enjoying it all. And and there were there was audible gasps in the <laughs> um, in the screening we were in last year, where especially and the ones behind us, especially. Yeah. And he was the like only four one. old biddies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't until the um, the thing was the film was in the cupboard, and I looked, I looked to him and I was like what. i never got it once (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because i remember a show back when i was young
0: called remember pig heart boy did you ever watch that on like cbbc or whatever it was it caused like proper con like controversy back in the day it was basically about like some kid who has the first ever heart transplant from an animal and he has basically a pig heart and like the Gets bullied and it's like a national outcry,
2: and
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it just reminded me of that. Um, yeah, I mean, should Christmas films even attempt to challenge you, like in a film? Mm,
1: probably not, they are supposed to be easy viewing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But then, All right.
2: but then again, there is a whole subsection there on Amazon on Prime, especially of like horror Christmas films like Krampus and like the Slashers. Mm that mm. are set at Christmas. So it's yeah. it's a whole thing of this. We talked about before about Christmas films. This is a new thing now of set at Christmas. I think we should just stop That is it a Christmas film because there's so many of them doing different things, but just setting it at Christmas to jump on the bandwagon name, that mm. they are their own thing. Mm.
1: I think you're right. <clears throat> so the IMDb score is a 6.5. The Meta score on that is a 50. On Rotten Tomatoes, quite the disparity. So the critic score is a 47%. So everything so far has been roughly 50-50. Fine. The audience score is an 81%. Yes, my people. I suppose that's the problem with, I, with Rotten Tomatoes, is it's literally a yes or a no. So mm. if you were on a 51% good, it gets a, a a yes. So I suppose that, that's the problem with it. It's just a little bit too simplistic. I think personally, it probably is in that 50-50 bracket that I've seen better, I've seen worse. It's just somewhere in the middle. Mm,
0: absolutely. Some
1: of the reviewers, uh, so Clarice Lockery, who is one of my absolute favourite critics. It's nice to see her name on this list. She says it's a star-studded rom-com that plays like an expensive Hallmark film.
2: And I think that is it,
1: really, isn't it? Yeah, that's why she's the best critic. Uh, Charlotte O'Sullivan from the London Evening Standard. Last Christmas is patronising illogical and silly. (laughs) Yep. Wendy Eyde from The Observer... The music of George Michael and Wham is hauled out onto the soundtrack of this mouldy tangerine of a movie with about the same level of care and sensitivity that you might find on the festive mixtape at a motorway service station. Gosh. Perfect. (laughs) So, the good, the bad and the crazy. Stu, Mr Christmas, (laughs) come on.
2: (laughs) I just enjoyed it. I just liked it. There was nothing... Watching it with a critical eye, second time around, it wasn't as much fun as it, I remembered it last year. Mm. But
1: yeah, it's aged badly in the year. Yeah,
2: but at the same time, it kind of made me really sad because this was the literally last Christmas, and now everything's all fucked up and we can't go out anywhere. So <laughs> it was like it was like looking at a time capsule. I Thought this actually was our last Christmas. Um, yeah. I just I just took it for what it. I mean, looking. For, through my eyes from last year, I just took it for what it was. I thought this is just mm. gonna it's not gonna be great, is it? It's <laughs> it's gonna be one of these where if it's even remotely enjoyable, I'll be happy. And the soundtrack superb obviously. Never in doubt. But no, I just I just really enjoyed it and I, I enjoyed it all My not as as much, but it never offended me and it didn't <laughs> make me wanna tell me what little hairs got I've got left out. And <laughs> I mean the bad I suppose the bad that what we've said about some story threads could have been um puffed out a bit more because there was there, again there was good ideas there and obviously it's yeah. been it's been chopped down for length wise which is never a good idea um but yeah I think that the Homeless stuff could have been a lot they could have gone more with that like the um <laughs> the Elvis guy which was which was fine it was funny in itself mm-hmm. and the the um, disabled guy on the on the skateboard, like that episode of X-Files in India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, certain th- like little things like that, there were comedy touches, but you could have had them back at the end doing something else, which, was, yeah. which would have been a nice kind of payoff. And you had the, the guy, the, the tall guy um, in the homeless shelter as well, who he had a few speaking parts. And he was never like kind of, he was just there as a, like a secondary character, but he was quite interesting. And I'd like to see a bit more of him. Mm, Um, I'd agree with that. But the crazy, I mean, the crazy is obviously the fact that I couldn't, I didn't (laughs) catch let on and and catch (laughs) on to the fact that there was a twist and it was a ghost story. So, but again, that's that's more my uh, naivety and being carried along with the Christmas spirit than anything else, I suppose.
1: (laughs) Matt, any advancements on that?
0: So good. um, I mean, I'm really like going backwards in time with my musical tastes at the minute. So I'm, I'm all in on like George Michael and wham and stuff at the moment mm. and, and anything. So the music was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And it, it added like, it added like a bit of kind of, I'm looking forward to like, what's going to come next. When's faith going to come on and that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, what's that one? I can't remember. The, like, got it, gotta get up, gotta get up. That one. Fast <laughs> that, that. Uh, yes, that one, uh, that, like I was like, when's that coming on? Um, so the music was great. The bad. Um, does anybody really like the story of a spoilt white girl in love? No, I don't think they do, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like Her unlikability wasn't a plot device. It was just poor script
2: writing, I think. Mm. Um, but I think they kind of they kind of signposted that in when the, he says, it, I've seen all this before in mm. the uh, soup kitchen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, they poked fun at it almost, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's a love film at the end of the day. just fucking load of shit. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, not my, <laughs> it's not my. It's not my thing. You want to see a love story? Watch Life Is Beautiful. Don't you know? Don't watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, the crazy is how a character with a cumulative fifteen minutes screen time in Emma Thompson can absolutely steal the show.
2: <laughs> um,
0: she's phenomenal. Yeah. She's she's excellent in it. Um, really, really good. Like does so much with so little um, and adds some of like the only genuine, heartfelt bits mm. and then turns it around into comedy really quickly. Uh, I think she was excellent in it. Really, really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my good, I'm, I'm going to say exactly the same as what you two have said. The soundtrack was great. Uh, I thought Henry Golding as Tom, I thought he was quite, Believable as a leading man, maybe not a leading man, but you could see him in that rom-com lead role, mm. the Hugh Grant style of charming British dude. Or I, I believe he's British. I don't think he was putting on an accent. I, I
2: thought he was good. Yeah, he's very um uh, really Jude Law vibes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know he was perfectly believable in that role. One of the few who really was um, <laughs> t- bad. I expect better of Paul Feig. He made fucking Bridesmaids, for crying out loud. Mm. Like, he knows how to do good female-led comedy. And, and this, this sure as shit, ain't it? <laughs> uh, other bad. I've gone the other side with Emma Thompson. Like, as I said before, she's a national treasure. On the Kermode and Mayo podcast, they always say that she's never made a bad film. And she's made a bad film here. She's not bad in it by any stretch. Like you said, she's the best thing in it. But she was the producer, and I think she was heavily involved in the scripting on this.
0: Oh, okay, I didn't know that.
1: I don't know why she's gone to bat for this movie. She deserves so much better than this absolute steaming pile. (laughs) And the crazy, the subplot surrounding the whole uh, Brexit vote and multiculturalism, I, I fully get, like, we're in London. It is a multicultural city that is perfectly fine. I get that side of it, but it feels like they're trying to push a narrative that they never quite give you. They're like hinting at something, mm. but for the life of me, I could not tell you what that point was. Yeah, that was really poor.
2: I forgot all about that again. <laughs> it was you see the, the bit on the news, and then you see the bit on the bus with that twat, and yeah, yeah, that's it. that's the only part about it. It could have been again another part, another thread to expand upon and. He yeah, could have gone down the whole troubles of being here. Was,
0: was... It's so Diet Coke, isn't it, when it needed to be full fat? It's the only way I can describe it. Mm. Like, it's so give with one hand take with the other. Like, and that, it's disappointing. It's just fucking snake eyes all over again. <laughs> so many, like, good things that it could have been, and it just wasn't. Yeah. And the
1: other thing I found quite crazy, like, Daenerys, at the very start, she's this singing prodigy kid and then she's a, a wannabe West End star. But if you're a wannabe West End star, you need to do a hell of a lot more than what you were doing. Granted, you were ill a year ago. I, I get that. But she's late to an audition. If that is your passion, you there's no way on, on earth you would be late to that mm. audition, especially when it's just a run from Covent Garden. But the character was all over the place, just well, really, really piss-poor. Really.
0: Speaking about that, I can't believe we've skirted it. Actually, the fact that they have no hint of an accent and they have speak perfect English, to children. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. she's old enough to be a young, not a young adult, but you know she's old enough to be singing in a choir or whatever it is. So she's going to be speaking at this point in their uh, mother tongue, but then she has a perfect accent once they come over to the UK.
2: Seems mm. a bit strange. Yeah, but it's. Did you watch? Um, did you watch some celebrity get me out of here? With Mo Farah, mm. and his accent.
0: Mm, okay, fair play. Yeah, same,
2: same kind of age. He came out when he was nine, I think he said, and he's got a. It's a bit mixed up, but mm-hmm. you can quite. I mean, you're in London for that long, you kind of pick it up anyway, don't you? So that that, that no, that never got to me really, especially with an example that was on the telly at the same time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair mm. enough. Yeah.
0: So
1: did you enjoy this film Matt? Yes, no maybe
0: <laughs> uh, no 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 on the basis that it just wasn't anywhere it wasn't anything that I expected it to be maybe. if you'd have asked me to watch this in July and you'd have <laughs> asked me to watch this film and it had a different title I decided I enjoyed it um but on the basis that it was a you know if I'd have bought this. instead of watching it on my brother's Now TV account, I'd have wrote to the Trace Description Act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So for that reason, no. Hmm.
1: Stu, did you? Yeah, I loved it. As a second viewing, did you still enjoy it?
2: Yeah, I did. I I, was still uh, a second time watching it. I I know the kind of person who'd like this film, so I wouldn't go and say Mm. I'm going to recommend it to everyone because I know some people would hate it. Um, Yeah. But so I tried to get Lynn, Lynn on to talk about it because she loves it as well. Okay. And the main reason was, now because they're going to pick it apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I liked it again. Not as much, obviously, because you kind of know what happens and that kind of spoils it, even though most people seem to realise that already. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it enough. Mm.
1: Yeah, I remember when we saw it last year, I enjoyed it in that so good it's so bad it's good sort of way but watching it back now I just thought it was bad. I didn't think there was anything particularly redeeming about it. I thought Amelia Clark was really poor in it. Like she can't really sing. She's not she can carry a tune don't get me wrong and I'm no one to criticize people who can sing. But for the character she was supposed to be she needs to be a hell of a lot better if she wants to be a West End star. It didn't feel organic. She didn't feel like someone who was struggling to keep her life together. She just felt like someone who was an arsehole who didn't care. And that made it very difficult to root for her. And as she's the main character in it, you need to root for her. Mm. And the 180 in the character, it, it wasn't earned at all. And then, as she said, the Christmas element was just tacked on. They had a script. They needed something. They put Christmas in there to get it to the cinema. So... Not really, is mine. It doesn't work. I've had to amend our second question a little bit. Would this film be improved if Nick Cage was <laughs> in it? His... <laughs>
2: if, if he was Tom?
1: Well, I've got, it would be improved. Could you imagine if it was Nick Cage in City of Angels as Tom? That'd be brilliant. Or if it was Nick Cage from Face Off as the mother? Just like a coked out fucking fiend as the mob, I think be hilarious. <laughs> or the best one would be Bad Lieutenant Cage playing Daenerys. <laughs> I could fully, I would cope with that because he shows us how a person can be a good human or try to be a good person, but be an absolute fucking mess. So yeah, Nick Cage in this film would improve it no ends. Stu, th- what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, you could have put him in any role. You could have even put him as a cameo, as the dad, and he'd be great <laughs> as the a, as a kind of don't-care taxi driver who used to be a doctor. <laughs> Again, just solid side, let's throw away line that was. just That could have been explored somewhere else about the whole Brexit thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, you you can put Nick Cage in pretty much anything and improve it, really, but there was places in this film where he'd have been perfect.
1: Yeah. Actually, I want them to do this film where every role is just played by Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I think he would have excelled in the the German love interest role because he could have been really deadpan. He could have like really <laughs> hammed it up, and he'd have been really funny in it as well. Um, yeah, and he'd have had fun with it. There'd have been elements of his big daddy Cage in the way like he spoke. Um, but with a tacked-on German accent, I think it would have been really
2: interesting to see. I mean, would his German accent be better than his, his Italian accent? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope not. I hope it's equally as terrible. <laughs> what, what, what does he say? What's what's the thing? Is it, oh, he goes, fuck off, like a cockney. So maybe he needed need to do, if he was going to play a cockney, maybe he needed to do his Italian accent.
1: Mm, it would work at that point. <laughs> So anyway, that's last Christmas. Oh, I I really wish I hadn't picked it. I wish we'd have gone for something else. But we'll do that next year. We'll find something better, (laughs) maybe. Or something worse. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Make sure you're following us on the Twitter at CageFightingPod. Drop your emails to us at CageFightingPod at gmail.com. If you could leave us a little Christmas present of a five-star review, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Stu, would you like to say Merry Christmas?
2: (laughs) i will say Merry Christmas any time of year, but yeah, it's been, so this is the last one before Christmas, ain't so we'll say Merry Christmas mm-hmm. to everyone, and yeah, <laughs> thanks for just like sticking by this kind of madness and listening to this every week, it is kind of, it's an amazing that people do it, to be fair, <laughs> I mean, if no one wasn't, we'd still be doing it anyway for our own benefit, and it's a, it's a, a labour of love and a laugh and everything else, but yeah, thank you all for listening, so yeah, Merry Christmas.
1: Matt, would you like to say Merry Christmas?
0: Merry Christmas, everybody! Look after yourselves and your families, and say goodbye to the end of a pretty odd year. But no, again, echoes your statements. Thanks everyone for listening and getting in touch with us on Twitter and having a laugh with us. And anybody that like we don't know in our real lives—that's the most bizarre thing. <laughs> that people that we don't know listen to us, talk shit about Nick Cage, and and, and what we ask questions of, and we really, we really appreciative of it. So thank you, and have a have a really good time over Christmas.
1: Yeah. I'm going to reiterate what's just been said. It's been a rotten 2020. But thank you for just letting us be part of your week for an hour or so. Like, it genuinely means a lot that there are people out there listening. So, for the final time this year, it's goodbye from me. And remember, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals.
2: Hey guys, we're back.
1: We promised we would be. Mm-hmm. But the thing that made Scrooge happiest of all was that his life lay before
2: him, and it could be changed. I will live my life in the past, the present and the future. of oh, Jacob and Robert, Marley. Oh, heaven in the Christmas time, be praised for this day. I say it on my knees, Jacob and Robert, on my knees. Oh,
1: they're not torn down. They're here, and I'm here. Oh, was a miracle. Oh. Oh. I don't know what to do. I, I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I, I'm as merry as a schoolboy.
2: Um, do you think it's safe for us to be up here? Scrooge is saved. What can happen now? Yeah. <laughs> you there, boy. What, me? Uh, that is, uh, what, me, sir? What's today? Pardon? What's today, my fine fellow?
1: Today? Well, today is Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits did it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Uh, Of course they can. (laughs) Do you know the poultry shop in the next street? Yes, sir, I do. An intelligent lad. A remarkable lad.
2: (laughs) Do you know whether the prize turkey has been sold in the window? Oh, the one twice as big as me? It's still there. Oh, it's a pleasure talking with you, lad. Go and buy it. Be serious. I am being serious. Buy it for me and I'll give you a shilling. No, I'll give you five shillings. Wow! (laughs) And so the boy was off like a shot. So ah! even... Um, sorry. I'll bring it to Bob Cratchit's house. What a
0: surprise it'll be. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. And a few moments
1: later, dressed in his finest, Scrooge appeared on the streets of the city to wish Merry Christmas to all the world.
2: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Gee, thanks.